welcome to Porsche Club Insider episode 16. We are here at the podcast studio at 5 North Main. Got our cup of coffee filled up here. I think I got a latte today, so thank you to the folks at Coffee Bar Bel Air. Speaking of which, I hear one of the employees, we've had some uh, some influence on uh, one of uh, their employees and his recent purchase. I believe he's driving down south to pick up something today. He's coming back today. Yeah, Nathan. Yeah, picking up a Boxster. So, uh, a young enthusiast. I think it's an 01S, too. Oh, an S. Fantastic. So, can't wait to see. Hopefully, we'll get to see that after the podcast today. We're here with the insider crew, uh, minus the the one regular one. He's uh, We're a little bit jealous. We can't say where he's going. Why not? I don't think so. Can we say? I, don't... I can't imagine... I think it's fine to say. Okay. Well, he's on he's on a press trip. In Germany. In Germany. <laughs> but not say what he's, he's reviewing. He's not going there on behalf of the U.S. government. Or well, he's anything. not. I don't know that we can say what he's going to be reviewing is what I meant. But anyway, we've got a lot to cover. Some It feels like we haven't been together for quite some time. Well, like I said... Damon and I have been together every day. <laughs> yeah, you've been on traveling all the time. Oh, I have, I have. But uh, before we k- kind of get into the updates of events and news, I'm going to start today's uh, with with uh, confessions. Um, I woke up this morning. Well, let me let me su- set the scene. Is it anything to do with the shirt you're wearing? No, but Which thank you very much for noticing. As a, a bunch of little wrenches. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> So if you're watching us on YouTube, I'm wearing a shirt with very small little open-ended wrenches, which looks like a pattern. But if you're a car person and you're up close, you can notice that I'm a car guy. I'd be impressed if you could tell they were metric. Um, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> so let me set the stage. So Monday afternoon, I get a call from my, uh, from my son that uh, the, the Corolla, the 300,000 plus mile Corolla won't start. And I've been noticing that. The starter has been erratic for the past couple of weeks, but you know, I figured we'll we'll change it later. Anyways, he gets stuck. I go out and save him and bring him home. And the trick, uh, how do you, how do you how do you get the car to start if the starter is acting wonky? Do you guys know? You can whack the starter because usually the solar one right? sticks. And exactly, that's exactly what happened. We just popped open the hood. I had a rubber mallet and tapped the the relay or the end of the starter, and I fired right up. Got him home. So I don't want, you know, I've been traveling, so I didn't want him to drive that car and get stuck because if I'm not there, I'm, you know, who's going to go out and save him? So anyways, you guys know I, I have a, a five series, a, you know, a car that we resurrected before COVID. And, um, you know, I was like, just take that, take that to school. Please be very careful with it. Da, 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 da. And uh, this morning I wake up to a photo and I'll, I'll share it with you guys later that, um, so he, he's a very careful driver. You know, he's a very careful driver. And um, he's he, careful he, when he's doing donuts, right? <laughs> he, he even goes to school early. And so, you know, we've we've taught our kids well. Where do you park your car? What's a, uh, in a parking lot? What's the best parking spot? Well, it all depends what kind of car you're driving. Corner with only one side, right? It's Correct. Exposed. Damon has it. So well, if you're honestly, if I'm inside my Chevy Sonic. <laughs> I could care less where I park it. Even the Z3, I don't care. Well, when you're driving your dad's five series, where would you park? And as Damon said, you park in the corner where, you know, you have 50% less chance of a door ding. So I think this is what happened. I still have to confirm it. But anyways, I can tell because when he turned into that corner, he scraped the lower bumper, the 
the the the spoiler, the lower chin spoiler of the car. And he texted, I was like, Dad, I'm so sorry. And I know he was being careful. And I know he chose that parking spot because it was a corner, but he misjudged it. Uh, so my question to to the both of you is, have you have you or when you were younger, did you borrow your parents' car and did you do something to it and not <laughs> tell them or tell them later? Well, my mom had a Camry, kind of like the the crappy one that I have now. So you can't scrape the bumper. It's about two stories too high for that. It's not fast enough to do anything. But I used to sneak out in my Mustang and, you know, and drive around when, when nobody knew. You know, my dad or mom, they'd be sleeping. And but I, did you have a license to drive? Yeah, I did. Oh, but you you, yeah. Yeah. you just went out. When yeah, you I, I didn't do anything bad. Oh, you're such a good ever. kid. <laughs> How about you, Manny? Let's see. I'm trying to think of a good one. Um, I had a 73 Buick Century uh, with the hand-me-down. 73 Century? It's a bit, it was a, That's it was a, boat. a land yacht. Oh, my gosh. And uh, I learned that uh, you cannot come out of a uh, street when it's raining trying to peel your tires. Oh, boy. Because uh, the level of grip is severely reduced. <laughs> Anyways, I uh, overcorrected, overcorrected. Luckily, uh, the high school jock usually parked his hot rod at the spot where I impacted the curb. Oh, wasn't there otherwise i would have oh. hit this hot rod and i uh ended up bending the wheel bending uh, breaking the axle oh luckily my girlfriend's dad at the time felt sorry for me and uh he uh went to the junkyard got replacement parts and fixed it because i i didn't know at, nothing at all about fixing cards at the time and so my parents never knew I, well, I just think i told them that uh there was something wrong with the car and that mr tom was going to uh fix it for me and that was it. And that was it. So I, I probably do have a story, actually, now that I think about oh, it. Oh, so you're you know, not there so good that, of a kid that now. I've done that my, my parents <laughs> did know about. But uh, I remember, so the high school I went to used to make us do community service, you know, to look better for college applications. And uh, I remember going up to uh, Escondido area. Um, I grew up in San Diego. And uh, there are some really nice curvy roads out there. I was in the Mustang and just... Picture to 1997 V6 automatic in laser red is what they called the paint. And, um, you know, I wasn't very experienced driving quickly. I'd never done an autocross. I had never done a driving school and had barely been on a back road. And uh, I ended up going too fast around a corner on a two-lane back road, crossing over the double yellow, straight over, understeering. Uh-huh. Um, you know, cliff going up on my right side and then a cliff going down on the other side. I ran off the road thinking it was the end, but there happened to be a little like pull a little out you couldn't see that, you know, I just landed the car, uh, checked around a little lip spoiler, not that it would matter on a car like that, but had fallen off and put it in the trunk and drove off. I don't think I ever told my parents about that. <laughs> <laughs> I knew there had to be yeah. at least one story. Yeah. So my story is we had a, uh, my, my, my parents had an 87 Isuzu Trooper. You remember those? It's kind mm -hmm. of like, looked like a lunchbox. Yeah, like great off-roader, I think, right? Yeah, it's, it had the puny four-cylinder, but it was a manual, and it was a fun-to-drive vehicle. And um, it, it I think it was a day off because of snow or something like that. My dad was home. And so I was like, Dad, can I borrow the, can I borrow the Trooper and go get something? So anyways, I go out, put it in four-wheel drive, and I go you know, flying around. And uh, everything was a lot of fun. And I come back into the neighborhood and I'm thinking, oh, I'm in four wheel drive. We've got these Goodyear Wrangler tires. And so I whip around the curb and wouldn't you know it, it understeered straight into <laughs> straight into the the divider to the to the oh. to the entrance to the um, 
to the uh, neighborhood and I'm like, oh my gosh, hopefully it's not bad. So I, so I pull over immediately and I look and, you know, it, it didn't bust the tire. It didn't break anything, but it, it bent the rim. And I was like, oh man, my dad's going to kill me. So I get home, it's snowing, right? It's snowing and it's, you know, there's snow on the ground. I get home, he was inside. I open the garage, I get the floor jack, I take the spare out and I switch. <laughs> I put the spare, which the spare on a ZZ Trooper looks, ex- I mean, it's the same it's rim, same size, tire, it's full same. size, all right? So I switched it and I put the... <laughs> messed up one and the 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 spare tire had a like a vinyl cover over it so i just covered it and then i took it around the neighborhood a couple times to get that wheel dirty so it would match the rest of it and i didn't say anything for a while and then my dad did notice you know maybe a week or so later he's like hey why is the front tire newer than all the other ones did you what'd you do i was like oh um yeah so that day i took it out so he didn't get mad so that's what i thought about this morning as as uh, Jason, you know, texts me the picture, like, I know, like, I felt terrible when that happened. And I know Jason, because I was explicit about, please be careful with this car and you're driving it temporarily. And it's just bigger than a crawl. And I just expected that something was going to happen. I know he's probably sitting in class now going, my dad's going to kill me. But you know what? Is this your car you drive to work? Yeah. The one with 30 warning lights when you turn it on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So, so it's like, you know. It's a, it's a life lesson. Hopefully, um, it's not a big deal. I say like, it's not the end of the world. But I will teach him how to uh, sand down the scratch. We're going to buy a touch-up kit and paint it. And, you know, it won't be a Concord paint job, but he's going he's gonna to fix it. So, it'll be a lesson learned. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's see. Recently released. I don't know if you guys uh, saw this. Top Gun. Top Gun was recently released. You know why that's important for Porsche people? There's a 356 in the movie. The original? Well, in the original one, um, Kelly McGinnis drove a black speedster, but I believe it was like an inner mechanica speedster. It was a replica. So that was, I remember when that movie came out and that was pretty cool to see them in that car. But it was cool to find out that in the new Top Gun, there are also Porsches. I don't know. I Obviously, I haven't watched it. I think it's a 911. I thought I read it was a 911. So... So I think I've seen previews and they had like a number of Porsches. Like I think it was a Taycan and a, a Targa, a GT3 or something like that. So I don't know. Hopefully some of you that are listening have watched it. And so I wonder what, what Porsche is in the new movie. Well, we know this and, and maybe uh, some of the listeners know this. But uh, for the most part in Hollywood and TV, uh, the a-hole drives a Porsche. It's always like that. It's the the, the villain, the jerk. You know, the ex-husband. We don't like that. Um, we don't like that, but somehow that but happens. It, it always happens. Yeah. And um, I think Porsche's making a concerted effort to uh, dispel that image. Uh, whether it'll work, I don't know, because it's a cheap, easy shot that yeah. uh, any movie or TV uh, production can do. Um, but yeah, kudos to them for... Uh, yeah. I, I don't think they will supply a car if the villain... Is, correct uh, is, correct um, negative but they will uh so yes yeah, so, so there's an old one an old looks like a 911 it's looks a like long a, hood looks like a t and it's a long wheelbase so, uh we've got those are jets there's a mission r. maybe a mission r pops in somewhere yeah so i think it's maverick's it's car so he's stuff. a good guy right Porsche oh, well, I, I, mean, I don't know the new the new storyline but Kelly, she wasn't, you know, a, a bad person. In the I don't movie, think she's so. in the second film, though. Oh, okay. So, well, like you said, hopefully 
if Portia was a part of it, it's because it's a positive role in the movie. And I, I agree with you. I can't stand it when the villain is always dri- driving an eleven. And I do like that they're in the movies. Like growing up in the 80s, Porsches were, you know, in the movies a lot. And that's where the seed was planted for a lot of us. Be like, oh, that's such a cool car. So, all right. Let's see. Uh, let's talk. I've got, we've got Porsche news, but then I've got lots of updates on events that are coming out. What do you guys want to do first? Let's do the uh, events update. Events update. Okay. Um, the Porsche Club 70th anniversary celebration is coming up, and that's a celebration of Porsche Clubs worldwide. Uh, we've got some special imagery, and uh, we'll, we'll, we'll put out at Porsche Parade, I'm sure, uh, some more information on that. And I have, what's really cool is I have some data here, so if you allow me to quickly... Yeah, I, I thought that PCA was the first Porsche club. No, uh, no, 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 yeah, no, 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 no. We're not even the first reason. one in the United States. Yeah. No, no, wow. no, no, no. Porsche Owners Club was a few months before we were. Yeah. Not, 1952 was the first Porsche club. Porsche Club Westphalen. They were actually called, I think, something else, and they changed it to that uh, from what there was originally 13 members, because mm-hmm. that's why they only built 13 of the worldwide club coupes mm. um, back in... Uh, was it 2012, I think? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, Any guesses on how many Porsche clubs there are worldwide? I saw 700 plus you in the press release. 700, you're correct. And of the 700 clubs, how many members, how many Porsche club members are there worldwide? 240,000 plus. You're such a cheater. You, did you pull it up? I, I wrote the story yesterday. Oh, you read the press? <laughs> I was wondering why you're He's setting so him up uh, with a teeter. But so, what was interesting is uh, uh, there's over 100 Porsche clubs in Germany alone. And I was explaining to people that, uh, fortunately, the forefathers of the Porsche Club of America uh, decided to keep everything in one central club, mm-hmm. uh, which makes us the largest single mark car club. Now, you would think Corvette Club would be bigger because... More of them. There's more Corvettes. They've been mm-hmm. building them longer than, PC, than uh, Porsche has. But uh, the reality is there's a bunch of Corvette clubs in my county alone. I think there's three in just in Hartford County. And they don't uh, get along. <laughs> well, you would think that you would have, they do have like a national Corvette club, but it's nowhere near the size of a uh, PCA. PCA's whole structure and how they uh, set themselves up as a club really um, paid off in dividends because we are by far <laughs> the largest uh Porsche club in the world and when you go to the international presence meetings that's really uh that's really shown when everything else is like per country mm-hmm. and uh they're just amazed at the size of PCA. So so Porsche says it's 240,000 plus members worldwide. Does that include PCA? Yes. So yes. D- does that include PCA's what what is it primary members versus yes. primary and co-members? Yes. Wow. So so of the 240,000 club members worldwide we are about 145,000 of that 240 uh so 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 a factoid here like i said we're about 145,000 the next largest porsche club which is porsche club of great britain any guesses on how large they are 30,000 maybe 20 or 30 i would say 22,000 22,000 so as manny said we are Certainly a model in many ways, uh, not just being the largest. We have, uh, you know, 3,500 events or so a year. Uh, worldwide, there's about 11,000 events. So 
All this is to say uh, thank you to our volunteers. I mean, you know, we are not only large, but we're just probably the, the most enthusiastic club with the most organization and uh, events for Porsche owners to enjoy. And, and it would not be possible without uh, our volunteers. All right. Next up, let's talk about Works Reunion Monterey coming up uh, August 19th. That's the Friday of uh, Monterey Car Week. And I have been sweating bullets, to be honest with you, because the venue that we were at last year, the uh, Black Horse Golf Course, uh, it was it was great in the sense that uh, it was uh, we, we were together uh, on the same property as the Ferrari Club in Concorso. And it's a beautiful property. The downside to that uh, is unfortunately we couldn't really use the main entrance. And there was a couple of entrances on the side roads that uh, we had to have the corral and public, uh, the, the spectators go through. And let's just say they were not the most accessible um, driveways or, or paths. And it was rough and it was dirty. And, you know, we got through the event last year, but uh, if we were to have gone back this year, we really would have had to make some significant investments to make those entrances uh, more appropriate for uh, the people that are coming through them. But we got a call like, uh, I want to say what, a month ago, maybe two months ago, that um, there's a lot of construction going on at that facility. And we just sent, we can't even use the, the, the bad entrances that, that we have. So we had to find a new home for um, works reunion. And as you can imagine, pretty much everything is kind of tied up in, in that town, um, for that weekend, but we kept looking and, and kudos to our works reunion chair, Tom Pravasi and, and his wife, Sandy, they, they went out and just looked under every rock and around every corner. And, uh, we landed at the Monterey Pines golf course. It's a, it's, I think it's military, uh, ran. It's a beautiful golf course. It is uh, the way we'll have the field laid out. It's very centralized and it's very flat and it's in beautiful Monterey. So we will be there. Registration opens by the time this is out. Registration will already be open yeah. and uh, hopefully we'll see you out there. It's going to be, it's going to be good. Yeah. And for people who haven't been to a works reunion and are thinking about going to one, and are close to Monterey, uh, you can really appreciate uh, what the club did when you realize that the Concorso Italiano, which is a for-profit uh, Concor, um, their ticket was two fifty a person. Yeah, something like that. Two fifty a person. Works reunion was free. You just paid the parking, which was forty dollars. Forty dollars. Yeah, forty dollars. You can squeeze as many people in the car as you want. But the price is still forty dollars to park, and uh, you know entry is free into uh, coming to spectate. It works. Concourse was fun. Was it five hundred dollars worth of fun? Uh, boy, I guess it all depends on your income level. But wow! And they they had some beautiful cars there, of course. Um, but we're obviously we're the value, and honestly, I think we're the we're the fun. I mean, we we oh. have music going. The judging is very uh, how do I say lighthearted, maybe. Um, plenty of parking, uh, even if you're not. You know, you're not, you're not, you're not there detailing Concord level to the nth degree. And no, it's just to come hang out. Come hang out, have fun. There's good food. I think last year you extended the band by an hour because people were having such a good time just laying on the we lawn, did. Uh, listening to the band. We and did. And music is funny. You know, just, I think I've, I've mentioned in the past that 
you know, I've DJed like through through college and stuff. And, you know, when you when you're trying to please what, like five or six different generations that are out there enjoying the car show, picking music is a really hard thing. So, you know, there we had a live band, a multi-piece band sort of, a, a, you know, live fun show. I enjoyed it, but there were people that were like, it's too loud or it's, you know, it's too active music. They're looking for like more jazz type music. So we're going to still have music this year, but we're going to, it's going to be more in line with what we do in Amelia, where it's like a duet and it's more um, acoustic. And we'll see if we can't kind of tone it down a little bit. I was going to say, we can't get any more mellow. Yeah, no, I I don't want to do mellow. Like, I don't want to put people to sleep. So no Beach Boys on repeat? Yeah, yeah, That happened the previous year? Yeah, or like Sade, you know, the the best of Sade. (laughs) We could do this podcast live because uh, Scotty at uh, Cards and Coffee told me that he was listening to us. And his fiance walked by and said, those guys' voices put me to sleep. Oh, great. And I was like, <laughs> let's see, we've been accused of talking slow, aye, not aye. exciting, and now putting people to sleep. Well, well, I, yeah. I said, just leave it play so we can get the credit for the play. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. All right. So moving on, September, uh, look out for September 2nd through 4th. That's a sports car together fest uh, in Indianapolis. And we're still waiting for a lot of details, but uh, PCA will be there to support Porsche, and there'll be corrals. There'll be um, they'll be say racing. Anything about it yet? I can't say a whole the lot. Theme is so I can tell you. I can tell you it will be GT theme. So if you have a GT car, you know, keep keep your keep your ears open. Everyone's welcome, but uh, everyone's welcome. The GT cars. Yeah, yeah. Everyone's welcome, but the theme is the GT cars, and uh, there will be some special access opportunities for people with gt cars and it's primarily coming through pca so you want to keep listening and 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 stay uh in tune with what we're about to announce speaking of uh being in 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 tune and commenting i want to thank folks for uh commenting on the podcast and subscribing and this person here the most recent oh shoot i can't see his name uh but he did comment, and, and I liked what he said. And this is the whole point of the podcast. You know, the hosts are knowledgeable, interesting, and funny. They have great topics, great guests. It's like hanging out after a Porsche high-performance driver's education event, drinking a beer, talking about the subject we all love most. Like, that is why we do this. Just just to hang out. Just all I hear was drinking beer. We can bring alcohol. <laughs> so we have coffee right now. We have coffee. We have coffee. We would probably be more entertaining and less sleepy if we had beer. Well, maybe should we parade. try? Maybe we should try an episode with beer. Yeah. I don't think that is a you know a cannot or do. It's, it, that was a comment left by Psycho Man. So Psycho Man, thank you very much. Not Psycho Man. Psycho Man. <laughs> I like the one that said we weren't exciting. But that, um, that wasn't a podcast. That, that was the uh, one mile review. That was one mile, and we'll get into that a little bit later. Uh, the next uh, event you will want to mark your calendars for is November thirteenth. Unstock, save the date. That will be in Los Angeles, California. We've got some big, big plans there. And uh, just to remind folks what Unstock is, you can't announce the location. Uh, you know what? For this one, not yet. Next podcast, I can. <laughs> It'll be in the Los Angeles layer. It'll be amazingly fun. There will be well. In celebra- last year, we had a Gunther Works. Yes. Um. Uh. 
It was interesting because there was three events, at least that we knew of, that were Porsche-centric happening at the same time. So we were a little bit worried about uh, what our turnout would be, even though we had sold out all our spots. Uh, it's a show um, uh, really for modified Porsches. We wanted to show the love to modified Porsches because sometimes PCA is accused of just loving uh, original cars, unmodified cars. So Unstock was actually a name that Vu's wife came up with, uh, Unstock just using the German uh, um, umlau. And uh, that's why the Germans couldn't understand why we <laughs> why we spelled it that way, but it sounded good in English. Um, so we picked 100 uh, modified cars, everything from a mild modification to a pretty blown out, uh, really modified car, like a even like a 914 that had the Subaru transplant in it, which was pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, and it went over like a blast. I mean, people showed, it was only about three hours long. Mm-hmm. Um People showed up, um, as we expected, two hours oh, yeah. earlier than yeah. we told them to be there, but we were ready for them. Well, we did the best to park the cars in a uh, exciting manner in a business park, which uh, actually turned out really well. Um, Gunther Works opened their doors. Instead of doing tours, they just opened up their whole facility, and uh, people really liked that because they got to see the whole uh, assembly process of uh, the Gunther Work cars, which um, most people have never seen. Which I was surprised because I figured living in that area, everyone seen Gunther Works, but it was the first time they'd actually uh, been to the building. And, uh, you know, in three hours it was it was over, but the people just had uh, rave things to say about it afterwards. And, of course, the first question was, uh, when are you doing it again? And other people from outside of California were saying, when are you coming to my area to mm-hmm, do one? Mm-hmm. So. And la- last year was really a proof of concept uh, opportunity and obviously it went over very successful this year is going to be, you know, we're going to do it one more time. Um, I think well, again, not just one more time. Well, that's true. That's right. Oh, well, we're going to do it again in Southern <laughs> California. I think it just naturally has that base there, right? Southern California just is like modified car capital of the world, but hopefully the executive council will see that maybe there are some opportunities in other areas of the country that we do that. But I will tell you the one that we are, Having in November, we're going to be, I can tell you, we're going to be closing down a street. I can tell you there will probably be some interesting celebrities. Um, There'll be fun music. There'll be amazing barbecue and food trucks. And we'll have some opportunities to see some uh, project cars. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's a, we're partnering with a, a, a household name that, that, you know, and uh, worldwide renowned uh, for a number of things that they've done. And it'll be, it'll be a lot of fun. And I'll leave it there. And uh, in the next podcast, we will we'll, we'll give you the full details. And do you have the date you said? November 13th, Sunday. 13th, so mm-hmm. to anybody else trying to plan events. November 13th, <laughs> We're yes. going to be in LA that day during Unstock, So Yeah, and it's like from 11 to 1 or something like that. I, I can't remember off the top of my head. So it's not super early, which is quite different for... For PCA and um, it's a short stint and you can come hang out have fun and then still have the rest of your afternoon to do something yep. and we've got some major sponsors that are coming to show us uh, some unique hardware that they have all right and the big one and this uh, really doesn't take place for this year but it's for 2023 and it was all the predictions that we talked about on the last podcast uh, you want to talk take this one Damon yeah, so uh, Rensport Reunion 7 is coming back in 2023 at Laguna Seca. I think all of us at the table, uh, the podcast table here, wanted it to 
come back to Laguna Seca because it's just the ideal place to have um, a show where, you know, 80,000 plus spectators show up, you know, a walkable paddock that's open to those spectators. Um, yeah. So can, yeah. I, can I confess? confess please <laughs> you know how hard it was for me to hear you guys go back and forth and make all these like well it could be here it could be there but i've known for a while <laughs> <laughs> if they would have allowed us to bet that would have been the easiest bet yeah to yeah money on um you know and there actually there's i've read some comments that there are some pretty upset people that it's there again and i just i'm like and and what's going on in the world what's going on with car manufacturing and lack of parts and this that and the other can't you just be happy that it's happening like <laughs> like well, really well i will point out that pca does not make this decision yes that is true it's uh done uh, uh they're not even we're not even uh, um they talk to us but uh um that's something that uh, they do at their own level and they have their own reasons and i think we uh, articulate them in the previous podcast um, but yeah, PCA, um, is a, is a close partner with Porsche when it comes to rent sport, but as far as selecting the venue, that's all, uh, Porsche. And, yeah. I, and I think they made the right decision. Um, I agree. I agree. There's a number of puzzle pieces that have to fit perfectly to pull off something that's going to bring 80 to a hundred thousand people and all the right cars, you know, it, moving things in and out. Like there's so much that has to come to play and it's it's not an easy decision and um you know changing a recipe every couple of years or something like that is a big undertaking imagine if you had a very successful recipe already do you want to mess with that right so i I don't blame them and i think it'll be an amazing event and for those of you that live far away and are you know feeling that man you know I, i don't it's too far for me to drive Truly, it's okay. Take a plane. Like you can have so much fun at Rensport Reunion. You know, just park park your rental in the the the, the big lots and come in and have fun. The last thing you're gonna really, I mean, yeah, it's cool to bring your car to Rensport Reunion. I think that would be a bucket list thing. But if even if you can't, there's still so much to see. I would I tell people if you really want to drive a Porsche that week, uh, start looking at Toro. Yeah, as soon right. As those dates yeah, become sure. available book a uh yeah something from toro you can get uh pretty good deals on boxsters caymans you know um that a little bit more than a regular uh, rental car but you'll have a porsche and yeah we had a couple people do that for treffin so the way i think about it is is when you're out there with rents were going on for four days um porsches and cars everywhere there's a heavy police presence all the roads are going to be crowded law enforcement's going to have their eye on you Last thing you're going to be doing is driving your Porsche on a back road when rent sports going on is the way I think of it. You know, you'll be driving it to a restaurant, maybe in back of the hotel. It's not a big loss. I don't think. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I will say that, uh, stay tuned on this podcast, uh, because uh, you guys know, I, I have a long commute and I listen to a lot of podcasts ah, and yes. Oh my God. <laughs> Misinformation. <laughs> Misinformation central. With, with uh, other podcasts that uh, claim they're uh, everything and anything about Porsche. And I, I can tell you, folks, these people are not anywhere near the table with Porsche and planning this event. Uh, PCA is invited right from the beginning of these meetings throughout the process. They're, uh, they're consulted and they're at the table. So um, we'll get you the right information. 
Yeah. Don't rely on hearsay or people who think they know what's going on or people who say they have a friend of a friend who's on the inside. Um, there's so much misinformation. And by the way, Porsche AG, the AG does not stand for auto group. <laughs> it's a German word, but it's basically it's a corporation. Corporation. It's uh, not the auto group. That yeah, we're word. we're very fortunate that, you know, we're we're in a support role for Rensport. We, as Manny said, we're in the weekly conference calls or teams meetings with Porsche. Um, everything that I can share with, you know, PCA staff and with you all listening, I do things that I have to hold confidential. I do. But as Manny said, we get it from the source and, uh, you know, stay tuned. And that's why you listen to Porsche Club Insider. We try to get you that stuff as soon as we can. And if we're not getting it to you through here, make sure you're subscribed to eBreak News because that's our weekly uh, channel to get you the latest and greatest information on PCA and on Porsche. Because the big things that the PCA members are going to be able to take advantage of as members is uh, they get first shot to buy parade lamps. Mm-hmm. So uh, that is, believe it or not, a huge thing. People may have already driven parade lamps at Laguna. Um, yes, they pack 100 cars onto the track, uh, but wow, they are very popular and they sell out very quickly oh, yeah. because people just want to be part of that atmosphere of a uh, hundred cars going out for three laps with Porsche laps. fans flying yeah. Porsche flags as you drive around. Like Laguna is pretty cool when you're driving and there's 80,000 fans Yeah, uh, in, in the hills and the stands watching. It's a whole different experience. I remember the first time I raced at Watkins Glen, it was a 50 50 and it really threw me off seeing spectators standing in the woods in the stands because up until then you know club races never have spectators so to see spectators was actually a little bit disconcerting as a driver yeah it's gonna it's gonna be a great time i'm looking forward to it and uh just like with getting a car for run sport check the dates check the dates for the hotels and the airbnbs guarantee you people are booking things up and uh, it, they they know that you're coming to town, and the prices will reflect that. And we also know it's not till the end, usually, do, the, do we know uh, who from Porsche drivers are coming. And even cars are uh, up in the air. So if you start hearing what cars are going to be bringing this mm-hmm. early, uh, don't believe it. Things, things change yeah. all the time. But you get you know it's going to be good. You know it's going to be good. It doesn't matter. It really it's doesn't matter. It's the 75th anniversary. Yep. Of, uh, of the Porsche as a company. So this is the Germans uh, really cherish anniversaries, significant anniversaries. So I can guarantee you they'll bring out uh, everything uh, special to them. And being the American market, uh, the Germans love. And uh, I would imagine a good amount of the family will come as well. Mm-hmm. And the, the collections of cars that will show up, not only U.S. collection of cars, but cars from the museum, cars from international collectors, drivers that you read about and watched you know as as a young kid they'll be there it's 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 a bucket list event and it's known worldwide and there's nothing like it worldwide all right we are about two weeks away from our big event porsche parade in the poconos are you guys ready nope nope (laughs) i haven't even packed and i know i think after today's session we're supposed to go back and start packing the pallets Last year, we sent, what, about 12 pallets to um, parade. and uh, I don't think they've decided between pallets and the uh, pod. The pods? Yeah. So for those of you that have shipped anything uh, recently, it is a disaster out there. No one wants to guarantee anything. Nothing is what it seems. 
regardless if you go through a broker, if you go directly to a shipping company. Uh, last year, we shipped our 12 pallets and well in advance. And somehow it ended up in Ohio when we needed it to be in French Lake, Indiana. And they said it wasn't going to make it until, you know, two or three days later after the parade started. So we figured out a way to get our pallets. We got them back. Um, last year, Works Reunion, we shipped four pallets. Our events on Friday, we got there on Wednesday. And the shipping company said, oh, we decided to put it on a rail. And it's not going to be there till Monday or Tuesday. So thankfully, the Poconos is only three hours away. We're still shipping it early, and let's just hope it doesn't take some strange path to get to uh, the Kalahari. Yeah, so it's no fun. <laughs> we'll see. It'll show uh, up in New Mexico or something. Oh yeah, we we we. It's no fun going out to Walmart and Home Depot looking for all the supplies that are in your pallets that you have to repurchase in order to uh, pull off the event. But to the staff and the volunteers' credit, especially with. Uh, works reunion Monterey last year where our, we just didn't have anything that we shipped. We did, we did exactly that. We went and got everything that we needed and to the attendees, I don't, I don't think that they could really tell that we were missing everything, which is, uh, which is incredible. So, all right, let's get into some, Oh, I, I, you want to talk about one mile reviews or you want to go into the news? Uh, we can talk about one mile reviews. All right. So I'm boring. I, I, <laughs> So I I drove Damon's car, and these one mile reviews. Uh, keep in mind, they are about that specific car, not that car in general. So we're trying to get a flavor for it, share with you what we think about it, and we have one mile or one maybe two miles, uh, depending, you know, roughly, right? We're we're not measuring out that mile, but a short drive. So we're not going to flog it and put it sideways and try to impress you with our driving skills on a public road. We're going to be actually quite reasonable and drive over bumpy things and try to get steering feel and try to get comfortable in the car. And it's supposed to be entertaining. But to some people, if we're not flogging it, then it's not enough. I guess they got to watch something else. I don't know what to do. Like I told somebody, there's plenty of uh, reviews online if you want to see Chris Harris going sideways around a corner. Um, That's easily found on almost any car. Um, We just want to capture, you know, that first mile whenever you uh, test drive a car, uh, uh, what you think, uh, what what are you thinking of when you're driving the car for that first mile or two? Um, That's all we're trying to, you know, capture. We're not. uh, It's like that first sip feeling that Starbucks likes to tout, right? Yeah. I mean, like. (laughs) Says the Starbucks addict. (laughs) It tastes so good. Hands trembling when he's coming back in. And then he's literally (laughs) skipping back to his office when he's got his cup of coffee. (laughs) Yep. Uh, Yeah, yeah, it's uh, originally was six minutes, but Damon told me now we're up to 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah I, I think I was uh, talking a little bit too much. I think um, you two have been able to keep it into into 10, but man, I'm just spewing information here and there. And yeah, 10, ten minutes it's for the my caffeine, thing. the double shot, <laughs> yeah. or four shots he gets in his uh, yep, Starbucks yep. coffee. I'll, I'll try and make it a little shorter. I don't want to put you, you put you guys through 12 minutes for a one mile review. Yeah, so. but the uh, yeah, we did. Uh, so while you were away, we did a few more cars and I drove a 996. I think it was an 02. Uh, turbo mm-hmm. that was modified. The suspension was it was lowered, and it handled really well. You know, and it was a Tiptronic, but it, it you know it, uh, 
I talk about the fact that, you know, some people love Tiptronic, some people hate it. It's not a uh, terrible transmission by any means. I, you know, I have a Boxster of Tiptronic, and I drove a uh, 2000 um, 996 Cabriolet, mm. which was like a time machine. And it mm. was really fascinating because uh, the owner had bought, gotten all these options when he ordered the car. So there was a lot of leather, and the thing was really in um, incredible condition. It'd be like the perfect car if you're looking for a used Cabriolet um, because it was such a... Was it a manual or was that a tip two? A tip two. That was also a tip. Uh, okay. But what threw me off, <laughs> and I almost was speechless, was the suspension. Because I had gone from a modified suspension, oh, which yeah, is yeah. So what I like, you know, firm. Yeah. You know, and uh, into this car, which almost felt like a Cadillac. Oh, yeah. A stock 996 suspension is very wallowy. Yes. And mm-hmm. that was, uh, and I think... Especially that, if it's tired. And I say this thing, I go, well, this is a little bit soft for me. You know, you can easily change that by getting it to market suspension but the first time i turned into a corner i was like wow this thing is really uh well you remember when bob gutyar and ellen beck got their 40th anniversary 996 and i knew that they were going to track that car and i told them i was like you know you guys might want to consider putting a suspension on it and uh, so that car is a little bit different than a standard 996 because it does have the mo3 which is better obviously but yeah, they're like, really? A 996 suspension? I'm like, yeah, it's pretty soft, you know, stock. And if it's older, got some miles. It, like you said, it's not exactly Cadillac, but it's you, you, when you change to um, uh, MO30 or to, to a more sporty suspension, it completely changes the characteristic of the car. Yeah, I wonder if um, 996 Cabriolets had slightly softer suspension than the Coupes even. That would be something that hmm, that's a good maybe point. I don't research know. for future one mile reviews, but um, yeah, different type of car, right? Different type of driving, yes. top yeah, down, was, uh, not tiptronic. prepared for. Uh, <laughs> yeah, well, you went the wrong direction. You should yeah, have like you should have had what what this you know tried the softer one first and then gone to the more. Yeah. You went from more power, stiffer suspension, more aggressive power. To, I knew it was coming. You yeah. know that wasn't a shocker, but the suspension what threw me off was. Yeah. Uh, it was a uh, so speaking of suspension you know the the recent one mile review that that's out was me driving your mm-hmm. cayman with the uh, the olin's what street and what's it called yeah. street olin's road and track road and, and track. then it's got the monoball camber plate and shock mounts that that drove really well yeah, thank that you. drove really well it it reminds me of driving you know a stock gt3 a gt mm-hmm. car yeah i feel the same it way. was it was comfortable but it was direct and handled nice and yeah yeah i'm a little jealous yeah the seat's really comfortable once you're in it at least i think i felt i, I looked like i was shoehorned into that thing when <laughs> I was, i'm like is that the camera angle is that just that's my... the first thing i thought i know I'm like i'm like my god he looks like he's six foot five i, I feel like i was like this huge bear on a, a little tricycle or something yeah but like you said once you're in it's very comfortable yeah i, I have sparko evo twos and yeah, you climb over them to get in, but once you're in, it's amazing. And especially when you're autocrossing or doing aggressive driving, it just keeps your body in place. And that makes a world of difference when you're mm-hmm. when you're driving aggressively. Yeah. Yeah. And then um I drove two cars that day alongside Manny. So uh I drove Manny's nineteen ninety nine six four Carrera two, and I also drove a member's nineteen eighty seven nine forty four. And I drove the nine forty four first. Um, and I, so I've owned a 944 S2. I've driven, I've test driven a 924 S. I've autocrossed a track prepped 968. I've driven other 968s, 944 turbo, but I'd never driven a base 944. 
Hmm. And I was actually impressed. You know, uh, 150 horsepower doesn't sound like a lot, but for that car, it's enough. Um, so I, I'd probably maybe equate it to a Miata. You know, maybe it's not enough power for some people, but for most people, it'll get you where you need to go. You can have some fun. We've we've heard this before. Driving a low horsepower mm-hmm. car fast is a lot of fun. Like mm-hmm. in in a race you know, in a race or something like that, or a competitive event, like you probably get frustrated because you're not fast. Right. But on, on, on public streets, driving a low horsepower car is a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and also the the satisfaction of carrying momentum through turns and this, that, and the other, you know, we, um, so just back to my son a little bit. So from his Corolla, which is an automatic, we wanted him to drive a manual. And so I bought my brother's 2011 Honda fit. So I'm prepping that car for Jason to, to drive next year. And that little thing, I think it's only 110 horsepower, yeah. but flogging that thing on the back road, it's probably is, 2,500 pounds or something. It's right? a lot of fun. Yeah. So some people, you know, yes, if you can have lots of horsepower, more power to you, but you know, don't underestimate how much fun you can have in a stock base model car. If you drive it right. So this is Benny who had the Honda fit. Yes. So what did you make Vinny buy this time that you plan that you plan to buy <laughs> so, five years from now? So this is this is a uh, I, I Lohan would say it's sort of the Jedi mind trick that I did on my my brother. And I think my brother realizes it too. So my brother has been he's got this fit. He also has a Subaru BRZ that he cherishes. Um, his his car jeans kicked in a lot later. He was always like I don't have the sports jeans as you guys know, and you know, I'm I'm barely. I can barely understand any of the terms that you guys throw out there. But my brother got all the sports stuff. So, but his car jeans finally kicked in um, just after college. So he wanted to learn to drive a manual. And then he bought a TDI diesel. And then because of Dieselgate, he got a ton of money for that car. And he turned that into a BRZ. But his daily driver was a Honda Fit. And it's a little small for him. He's getting married. He's got bikes and this, that, and the other. So he was like adamant about finding a manual uh, Subaru like Forester. They are hard to come by. So as as you know, Jason has rounded out his year of driving the Corolla. I'm like, well, now it's, now would be a good time to get him into a manual car. So I was starting to look at manuals, looking at fits, and um, you know, car prices are ridiculous, and you know, buying a car that you don't know the history, especially like a commuter car like that. I'm not too excited about. So anyways, I'm like, well, I wonder if I can find Vinny a car. <laughs> so if I find Vinny a car, then I can buy the fit for Jason. That's exactly what I did. So lo and behold, I found a uh, 2010, I think it was 2010 or something like that. Um, Subaru Forester manual slick top. Uh, so obviously all wheel drive, the exact car that he wanted. And uh, he's getting married. He was not prepared to buy a car, but I said, Vinny, how, how, how often have you looked and you've never found this car? And I found you this car and it's literally 10 minutes down the road. So, yeah. So I said, and I'll even help you out. I'll buy the fit so you can have a little bit of money to put towards the Forester. And that's what we did. <laughs> so do your neighbors mind the flashing lights? <laughs> what do you mean? From the used car sign in front of your driveway. <laughs> so how many cars do you have in your driveway now? Uh, yeah. So at, 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 the I know sp- you haven't spread around the County because <laughs> <laughs> your Cayenne has been residing at the PCA. Yeah. So now. that's, that's going, that's going home today. Cause, uh, we, it was there for a windshield re- replacement, but, uh, actually, did we do the video for that? The, 
the 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 shorts the no shorts. no the um, the quick the install like we did a time lapse yeah. time lapse yep the time that... lapse I haven't put that up yet but we have okay so we have a time lapse video of the the windshield being replaced on the Cayenne but anyways yeah right now on the driveway there's um there's six cars <laughs> yeah for a four car driveway yeah so anyways so let's go to the news portion news somebody educate me on the 718 cayman gt4 but electric powertrain yeah so uh i i ended up writing the story based on porsche's press release so i, I think i'll take that one um but uh i'm sure most people who listen to the podcast can recall the mission r that was unveiled gorgeous Gosh, car. what was that 20 2021 i think at the la auto, LA show. auto show yep and uh, so that was based on the 718 chassis, electric car, two motors, over a thousand horsepower. Um, and Porsche said that, you know, it was based on technology that could allow the car to run for 30 minutes flat out, not with a thousand horsepower, which is the qualifying mode, but 600 something horsepower. Well, fast forward now, um, not quite a year. And Porsche has unveiled a test car, the 718 Cayman GT4 E-Performance. Um, it's basically a Mission R. Same chassis, same component, same everything. But we've, we've learned a little bit more about it. And um, did you guys know that this car is oil-cooled? Just oh, like really? a 911. Huh. Yeah, so the electric motor and the battery are both direct oil-cooled, which I haven't seen a diagram or how it works exactly. But um, basically, oil, the motor and the battery are bathed in oil, and it allows the car to uh, maintain a lower temperature and do that 30 minutes of racing, flat out, with 612 so horsepower. Oil, oil, What's a Taycan? The Taycan has a coolant. That's coolant. That's coolant. Cool, yeah. Regular and it coolant. Yeah, not and it's oil. not direct cooling of the motor or the battery. You know, it's got channels, you know, where the coolant goes. Um, kind of like how an engine block has channels for coolant to cool the engine. Um, but yeah, this is direct oil cooling of the battery and of the motor. And um, I think in Chris Harris's video, which was very well done, they said that it's not quite ready for production car status to have that sort of technology. But I'm sure down the line, you know, technology like that will oh yeah filter out into production cars and we'll have, you know, Teslas, Porsches, and all sorts of electric cars that can lap a racetrack. And that's what we love about yeah. Porsche is it's, you know, the track is their lab, yeah. right? Obviously they have Weissach and the track at Weissach and, you know, they're, they're trying all of these different technologies and when it proves itself on the track, then sure enough, it finds its way into mm -hmm. the street cars that we get to buy. So yeah. I will say this, uh, <clears throat> uh, go a little bit different from what Damon's talking about. Uh, I'm doing a tech quiz for uh, parade. And there are seven different classes. So I'm reading uh, excellence was as expected. That's it, kind of like literally the Bible. Absolutely. Uh, except for, except for Carl Jesus, you're talking right? about uh, Weissach and, uh, mm -hmm. and and what uh, Porsche was planning. And it was very interesting because I'm doing the four volume set. So I've been carrying this around in my uh, backpack. And the thing, uh, <laughs> I could kill somebody in this thing. It is, yep. In just one volume, there's four of them. So uh um, but what's what's consistent in every model that I'm doing these tech questions for or uh, tech quiz questions, it's amazing. Uh, and the, there's interviews with uh, retired engineers, and um, very rarely was the cost uh, in a uh, you know it wasn't like the bean counters were coming saying you have to take this out, you have to take that out. A lot of it was so performance related. It was what well, is the performance there for uh, 
what we want to do. If not, you know, it, how much more will it cost? And then we'll decide whether this is going to fit into the price point. But uh, yeah, it's fascinating. Um, and I, how much the Porsche engineers uh, wanted to reach a certain performance, wanted this thing to be reliable, especially motorsports. So, you know, when I look at this thousand horsepower uh, future Cayman racer, I wonder if the other cars building, elect other companies building electric cars, if they're doing this much R&D this far ahead. I know, uh, you know, uh, Tesla so far ahead, they say, of everyone else. Mm -hmm. But uh, I wonder if it's really for the stuff that's performance related that uh, you know, people, why people love Porsche. So, yeah, it, uh, I, I, you got to admire what Porsche does at Wysock with yeah. over a thousand engineers. You know, these guys um, have one like sole purpose to make a better car, to make a more reliable car. And uh, yeah, I'm excited about it. I just don't like the sound. Uh, I don't know if it was the audio from my headphones or, but that screeching sound. Mm. Yeah, I don't mind like, it, but I wonder how long your ears can take it before uh, you start getting hearing loss. Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> so it was like loud, like Mazda rotary loud, like back in the day. It was like a screeching a sound. Screeching uh, Interesting. You've heard the noise. It's hard to it's hard to describe, but um, go go watch Chris Harris's video, and you'll see. You can't even hear him talk with his headphones. And oh, his, really? It's that loud. Yeah, I, I could not hear what he was saying when he was actually driving. It's higher car. pitched. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's not the Jetson sound, oh, but okay. it's higher pitched yeah. uh, than, uh, you know, like a GT3R would be or an RSR. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, uh, well, I'm excited. That, I mean, it doesn't sound much 30 minutes in a race, but that's a lot. That's I how mean. long the sprint races, I believe, the cup cars, you know, the sprint challenge, they go they're, for about 30 minutes. They're building it to spec. Well, right, we're, so. we're at the beginning, too, of the development of electric. Yeah. You know, where and we're these at are the end beds. of uh, internal combustion. Uh, but there's so much they're, they're going to learn and make more efficient with uh, electric racing. Yep. Yep. And, the, and these are test beds. So, you know, these are not perform or uh, production cars at this point. So don't think that now or in the near future, but um, we'll probably see some technology on these. And also one last thing, it's a wide body Cayman. It's 14 centimeters wider wow. than a normal Cayman. And I think it looks awesome and i wish the porsche would make a cayman the gt4 rs even right with a wide body like that that would be and cool. more power it will be no one's really talking about this but um i i see it essentially as the end of the 911 in the sense that uh part of what makes the 911 it's the what the only production car of an engine mm -hmm. behind the axles mm -hmm. so that mm -hmm. will essentially disappear Especially when they, you know, if they make a full electric, there's going to be a two motor, one in front, one in rear. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that'll weight balance totally changes. Yeah, sure. in, in fact, guess what the weight balance is for the 718 Cayman GT4 e performance is? They always, they always hope for a 50 50, right? So it's close, but it's actually more front it's heavy front, than yeah. rear heavy. It's 52 front, 48 rear. Oh, for a more front end bike. Uh, that's probably train. just how the, the weight ended up, you know, with the battery mm. packs and the two motors. Hmm. So um, at that point, is it a Cayman? Yeah. It doesn't well, have a mid-engine feeling well, anymore. You know, I think it will be up. because, um, it'll re redefine how we identify cars. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it's, uh, we'll still I, have the old rear engine 911s. I, you uh, know, I don't get so caught up on whether a car is front engine, mid-engine, or rear engine. Like, I just enjoy... The characteristics of how it drives like they're like you know your 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 mid-engine car like i didn't go oh i think i'm gonna like it or dislike it because it's mid-engine i just drove it for what it was yeah 
And then like my 87, which the motor hangs out, like I enjoy it and the personality that it has because what it is, it's, it's not like, Oh, you know, I covet the rear engine because it is this. It's no, it's just a fun car to drive. Yeah. And but electric cars are, they'll be what they are, but they're not going to feel, I don't think rear engine necessarily like a 911 is rear engine or mid engine, like a, a can. It's just different. Right. Yeah. It's just different. And it's it'll just have all wheel drive, you know, so it'll be higher performance. But so yesterday I had the opportunity to meet uh, the, the, the CEO of Carnival Cruise who owns uh, Princess Cruise and the CEO of Princess Cruise was there and we were, they, we were sharing with them the partnership that we're having and all the things that they're doing in PCA. And Did you wear your uniform you wore to the uh, <laughs> after hours lounge? I can tell you were giggling. No, I did not dress up like Gilligan. Um, but uh, we have a model relationship with them. And uh, they you'll see more of them in the next uh, couple of months. You'll see them at Parade. They actually bought a Taycan for uh, PCA members and you have an opportunity to win that if you if you uh, you know go to their websites and if you get more points or more chances to win this uh, Taycan if if you book a cruise and there's a special concierge anyways we'll talk about that sponsorship later but the thing was is we we were there to introduce the the CEOs to PCA and then also Porsche and they brought out uh, a 911 C4 and they brought out a, a couple of Taycans and um, there happened to be a Tesla Model Y there that someone just randomly parked and it was just very visible to see how and you know don't get me wrong I love how Tesla has been a disruptor and has moved electric cars you know forward but when we were describing the Taycan or sharing the details of the, the the CEO was like, man, this is still very much a sports car. Like he, in his mind, an electric car was what kind of Tesla and maybe a Nissan Leaf kind of represents. It's more like a appliance that doesn't have emotion or doesn't have heritage. And uh, when he sat in the Taycan, he's like, this feels like a sports car. It's, you know, the, when you sit, everything is oriented to the driver, the seating position. And that's what we love about Porsche. They're going to make an electric car. They're going to make multiple electrical car, electric cars, but they're all going to have that same DNA that we covet. Yeah. yeah. So exciting times. And, and uh, you know, you, that torque, that power, uh, will you miss the sound? Absolutely. You'll miss the sound. And, and when that uh, 911 C4 pulled away, they were doing test drives and, you know, you they click on the sport mode, man, that's, that that sound is amazing, even with the turbos, right? That kind of muffles a little bit of the exhaust. Still an amazing sound. And when the Taycan rolled off, you just have to know it's different. It's a different genre, um, and you appreciate it for what it is. All right. Speaking of crazy, crazy things, uh, Ken Block, fourteen hundred horsepower. We talked about Pike's Peak uh, when we were there for Treffen Broadmoor, Hoonigan. Pegasus. Yeah, Huna Pegasus. Yeah. Mid-engine 911. 1400. I hope they make this into a model. I'd love to have a 180 scale model yeah. of this car. It's uh purpose built. Uh I think it's a tube frame. Uh the engine is from a 2016 uh, GT3R. It mm. uh makes four it's a fourteen hundred horsepower mm. at sea level. That's the key. Mm. And this is why the electric cars do so well because they stick with the same horsepower. 
at whatever height. Mm-hmm. Uh, internal combustion engine cars, and other, other, on the other hand, uh, run on air, and as the air gets thinner, the horsepower drops. So it drops from fourteen hundred to eight hundred horsepower when it gets to the top. So even with the turbochargers, even with the turbochargers, wow, yeah, it's um ninety six hundred RPM runs on methanol, and and they're going they're in the open class. So uh, I don't know how to do against the electric car. I think Volkswagen is bringing uh, an electric car again. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it'll be uh. So my hopes, my hopes is. Uh, the folks that we are going to be partnering with Unstock, they actually are going to be at Pike's Peak. And uh, part of the surprise for Unstock will be um, sort of a relationship that is going to be built at Pike's Peak. So I more than likely will be at Pike's Peak this year and uh, I will bring camera and microphones along and hopefully capture uh, this Huni Pegasus as well for you all. Just ask the drivers to pull over halfway and <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure. You can, sure you can I, I have down. been told if if you set up at the top of the mountain, just expect to be there all day because they're not going to stop traffic for you to come down. <laughs> oh, they do have one road up and one road down. So uh and the cars are racing on that road. So exactly, exactly. Yeah. Um nine eleven GT three RS spied. I hadn't seen this article. Who picked this one up? Well, it was an e break last night. Oh, okay. Um, but uh, Manny picked this one out for our um, run of show today. But yeah, GT3 RS. Of course, the, we knew they were going to make one. The big wing. That's what everyone's yeah. talking about. Mm, big wing. Is, uh, Huge. So it'll be interesting to see if it goes to production. Because we know that uh, YSOC is very good at um, disguising things and putting things out there. And sometimes it's lights. Sometimes it's taillights. Sometimes it's reflectors. It's whatever. And people are having a cow over the fact that they think this is the production version. And then when the production version comes out, it's different. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they, uh, they come out with this big wing. Um, they almost well, have to, because the size of the one on the regular GT three is to me, almost looks like an RS model. I was about to past. say, it's like, it's the RS is the wildest version, right? So yeah, the, the regular GT three wing is already much crazier compared to a touring. So, you would think they'd go all out for the RS. It's uh, it'll be interesting to see what the performance numbers are because um, we've seen that horsepower hasn't been jumping up. Mm-hmm. At least it's almost in single digits. Uh, so they're relying on aero and mm-hmm. lightweight. Mm-hmm. So this big wing would say that this is part of an aero package that's uh, going to deliver some amazing uh, numbers. And the question will be: Will be would this be the last normally aspirated RS or just yeah. plain uh, internal combustion engine RS. But you got to imagine that there's probably, uh, yeah, normally aspirated, but then there will be the crazy GT2. Right. Hopefully. Yeah. You, you would think. I mean, that's kind of the, the schedule that they're typically on. So there's still some crazy stuff to come. Right. And and didn't some, I read somewhere there's like an ST or something like that? They're also, uh, yeah, we're going to have to talk with the, uh, <laughs> I, I think he's going to be at uh, Works Reunion Monterey. Were we allowed to say that? It's out there, no, right? No, it's like, out there. It's yeah. out there. Oh, it's, okay. a ru- it's a rumor at this yeah. point, well, so we okay. don't know for sure. We don't know for sure. Uh, Alex Fabig, uh, who's um, overseas, uh, this this is all part of the classic uh, series, mm-hmm. Heritage series. Mm-hmm. So, um, is this, it Targa 4 Heritage? Well, they had talked about a, uh, a 73 RS Tribute, but I think that's the Sport Classic now. At first, he said Sport Classic, and there would be a 73 RS mm. tribute, but I think that was actually the Sport Classic that is in a separate car. 
because uh straight face straight face <laughs> because the uh boo obviously knows <laughs> <laughs> well, go ahead. Is there no, a fourth? That, Motor uh, Trend said there is. The, I have an NDA that I have to stick to. Um, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> no, let, let's just let this sink in for a few seconds. <laughs> I don't Those think they're going to come out. I don't think they're going to come out. But uh, they're just marketing the seventy three RS with the Sport Classic way too much. I can't imagine they're going to come out again and say <laughs> this is uh, our tribute to this. Wasn't the other car? Why would mm-hmm. they pick the seventy three RS? What was the, the uh, original ST? You know, I've I've heard of. The ST, I, I know it was a performance model, but I'm not really all that familiar with wide the body, ST. Yeah. Wide bodied ST kind of uh I don't want to say rally, but I mean yeah, it, it, was, it was a rally, yeah. right? It was a rally version of the nine eleven. And mm-hmm. um they're super rare. There aren't many of them around, the original ones. I our um it was a Woody DeLong, our old our past uh legal counsel. I think he has one in his basement that's in pieces. So it's like what was it? Was ST. it um ST? Was it a T body with an S engine and then I guess flares added on or something? Is that yeah, where the yeah. ST comes from or am I just imagining things? Uh, I'm trying to see what the uh, the actual ST, I thought it might have been uh, sport. Uh, I don't know if they had sport touring back then. Um, but it's actually a very rare car. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, based on a 911S. Uh, of course, it had the wider fenders. Mm. Um, I always remember it had a very like high stance about it and wide tires. Yeah, and it was uh, I believe it was built for rally. Mm-hmm. It was very lightweight, um, and you see a lot of replicas mm-hmm. out there. But actually, seeing a real one was. Uh, and they would typically have like huge, like CB fog lights or mm-hmm. driving lights on them too. And they weighed as lo- low as seventeen hundred twenty pounds. Wow. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, so ST maybe it's just a super lightweight version of the Sport Classic because the Sport Classic's already got the wide body of the turbo minus the intake holes, and I guess we'll see. We will see. Well, I mean, the uh, I was happy they made the Sport Classic more than just um, aesthetics. Know, some aesthetics, yeah, right. like the original Sport Classic. I love the original Sport Classic, but uh, everyone complained that there was no performance mm-hmm. um, improvements, but what. But essentially, make it a GT two, right? Because yeah, well, it's yeah. rear wheel drive turbo. That's how I see it. Rear wheel drive turbo. I mean, uh, yeah, I, they should have called it just a GT uh, two. <laughs> and I can share that um, upcoming PCA events. You'll you'll want to be there to to catch a glimpse of something like that. So it's going to be a parade. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that <laughs> you want to come to PCA events to possibly catch a glimpse. Well, I um. I don't think the public. Uh, I don't think the welcome party is open to the public. So that's usually when I they. Said, uh, that's usually when they <laughs> debut cars. Poker face, poker face, poker face. Uh, let's see. Let's anything else. We're at the top of the hour. We have to close the show. If you haven't watched all the videos on YouTube, we've been releasing um, a lot of a lot of uh, content. Uh, Nine six four RS generation. The of course the Cayman one mile review. Uh, Manny drove. Uh, my turbo look cabriolet and did his one mile review and there's more to come there's lots in the hopper yep one mile reviews are weekly uh at the moment we are trying to stick to a release schedule of saturday mornings at 11 a.m eastern so uh most of you all on youtube seem to be seem to watch our channel on saturdays and sundays midday for about four or five hours sounds like a good thank you for that and if you haven't subscribed please subscribe that's a that's a measurement for us uh, in a, uh, you know, for our progress. So 
And also when, you know, the higher subscribe rates go, we believe that um, the videos that we've produced, you know, uh, get out there to the public more and, and uh, furthers the cause. So please subscribe if you haven't done so. Anything else before we sign off, fellas? So 9-11 ST will debut a parade. <laughs> Thanks for listening. If you aren't currently a PCA member and you own a Porsche, what are you waiting for? Just grab your VIN, join at PCA.org. Remember to follow our podcast Instagram page, behind the scenes photos, Porsche Club Insider. If you have any questions or if you want us to cover some stuff, email us at podcast at PCA.org. Until next time, stay safe and we'll catch you down the road.